everybody, it's Theon Friday. It is a Theon Friday. Theon Friday. Theon is on. It is his turn to shine yet again. I love it. It's his fourth point of view chapter from Clash of Kings. We are here on Game of Owns. It's a podcast, everybody. And you know what the strange thing about this is? Is I hear the exact same train that you do <laughs> because I'm sitting on the other side of the wall from you here in Chicago. It is true. Mike Tannenbaum is in the Chicago Game of Owns uh, studio here with me this evening. Um, and Zach is not with us. Selena is also not with us. Sadly, we have some fallen warriors who will be joining us next week, of course, as usual. Um, but in the meantime, we have a brief chapter where Theon loses something that is near and dear to him. It's Game of Owns. It's a podcast. You listen to it in your ear holes. I am Eric Skull. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And really, Micah, uh, I was really pleased with Wednesday's episode and Monday's episode as well that I listened to uh, earlier in the week. So nice job um, on Wednesday's episode without me. Yeah, it was uh, Zach and I tried as uh, as we made. That doesn't sound right, but trust me, it <laughs> is. Uh we we were able to power through the uh, the responses that we received to uh, Monday's episode, which were on the whole pretty positive. And uh, then we uh, went into uh, Tyrion, which was a relatively short chapter, no pun intended, or pun intended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and here we are with yet another short chapter in uh, Theon. Now, would I be right, Micah, in saying you have some feedback from Wednesday's episode that we got since, and it, it involves uh, one a Leslie who was kind enough to write back to us uh, in our confusion. Yeah, uh, Leslie, who we read a comment from on Facebook on Wednesday's episode, actually reached back out to us. And she is the person who got married recently and was listening to Game of Thrones – or sorry, Game of Owns. I feel like now I'm, I'm, I'm now one of the uh, – the, the official club who is, is mistakenly called the show Game of Thrones <laughs> instead of Game of Owns. She was listening to Game of Owns on her wedding day. And uh, she wrote in to say, Own for Tyrion's chapter goes to the Starks when he says, The rulers of Winterfell will always be Starks. A girl, namely this girl, cannot help but love Tyrion. And Aww. she went on to say, And yes, I did just get married. The name is Dingle, like jingle, and dine, like wine. So dingle dine. It's German. Oh, the things we do for love and big shiny rings. I'm sure your husband <laughs> – now I know her husband does not listen to the show because <laughs> she, can I, I, say, I, she can say things like that. That she did it for the big ring because the name was, was – well, you know what? Leslie owns that marriage, I think. Yes. I think we can give her – that own and uh you know i've just been spending a lot of time on our facebook lately and you know we we do mention this we tend to mention this at the end of of each episode with twitter and and all of the other social media outlets but you know i'm going to shine the spotlight right on this facebook uh here because there are so many good comments that we get really on each episode posting um in addition to the ones that we get on windows coming in addition to the ones on tweets but here's another one from uh let me see gracia and Gracia commented on the last Theon chapter. It was actually the Bran chapter where Theon first arrived at Winterfell. Gracia says, Dear Micah, 
Thank you for calling me out at the end of this episode. I will definitely be sending in my owns from now on. I just ask you one favor. For the love of the red god, when I send an own, please pronounce my name Gracia. I also respond to Gee or Bad Motherfucker. Oh, well, Bad Motherfucker, please continue <laughs> to send in your messages uh, via <laughs> Facebook or Twitter. You know, it's an, it's not a common name. I've never known another Gracia. So, Gracia, please uh, accept our apology, our humble, humblest. I, of I've never known an, another badass mother. Is it badass motherfucker or just bad it, motherfucker? Bad motherfucker. The, the ass is missing. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's very odd. But, you know, our Facebook is just another one of those ways in which you can keep the love for goo and for thrones upon which we discuss. Um, going the week long, week round. And speaking of weeks, we are at the end of our week. This is our Friday episode. As we mentioned before, we will be talking about Theon Greyjoy. And Theon hasn't been sleeping very well lately. And really, he wakes up in the middle of the night and realizes that it's a little too quiet things are a little too quiet it's not it's not quiet outside i'll tell you that right now i don't know what just happened yeah well you know we live next to a train and this is all new to me eric you have to you know, <laughs> just just bear with how me how often does this happen oh so often you don't even notice you know and uh, i've i've also become unfortunately aware of your podcasting habits which i won't share with uh, the listener base here yes, at least at least no, not till i get just... back to new york <laughs> until you're safely out of reach. Very wise, sir. Very wise, sir. But let's talk about Theon. He can't sleep. He wakes up. It's quiet. It's a little too quiet. What's going on, Micah? Maybe it's uh, a bad dream. <laughs> he can't sleep, but maybe he's really dreaming that he can't sleep. I don't know. Just No, it, mm. he's he's having some troubled times. I think this is all getting to him. You know, I, I think that the fact that he's taken Winterfell He's really worried about pleasing his father, pleasing his sister. He's somebody who is deeply worried about his appearance to other people. Not necessarily physical appearance, but just, you know, his, his overall persona and how, mm -hmm. how people view him, right? Uh, and he, he does have a bit of an ego. And I think that he needs to come across as being an extremely powerful character. And the reality is he's not. Mm -hmm. He's 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 a smart character. I think that there there are moments that show that in the series, but in this case, as you mentioned, he wakes up. Uh, he's he's tense. He's anxious. He feels like something's wrong. Um, not to mention the fact that he has just defiled uh, the bed of one Lord <laughs> Eddard Stark. Oh no! Yes, and he notes yes. that those aren't my words; those are his words. Yes, no, they absolutely are. And now he starts to realize something seems a bit off here. It does. He sends for some of his men to go check on the direwolves because there has been no howling, and he says since he's arrived that those damn direwolves have not shut the hell up. Yep. And then his mind starts going and going and going. He says, "Okay, well." Now that I've sent someone to check on the direwolves, I need to go send somebody to check on Bran and Rickon. See, here's where the whole escape attempt on Bran's part could have gone a little better. If they had just recorded the wolves, you know, a little tape recorder, get a little tape recorder, record the wolves howling, play it back, nobody would be any wiser. Um, but either, you know, blame the technology, the technological age, the revolution hasn't happened yet, or whatever reason, 
Theon is able to realize that it is actually too quiet. The wolves are not howling. But getting back to the reason he can't sleep that well, um, you know, do you think, because how I interpreted it was that he's betraying, like, his subconscious. Like, I think a part of him really understands that he's betraying a, a crucial part of who he is uh, in sacking Winterfell, in continuing to uh, create this opposition, this, you know, between him and the people of Winterfell. I think he clearly, it's it's something he's clearly choosing to do, but I think that's what's haunting him is it's like this foreboding, like destiny itself is causing these dreams for Theon and saying, you should not be doing this right now. But he's using his will, obviously he's imbued with free will, um, to, to go ahead and do it anyway. I feel like it's like nature's way of saying you should be somewhere else. Yeah, there are definitely those moments that you you hear his subconscious and his subconscious is definitely trying to tell him something and mm. i don't know that he necessarily fully grasps the severity of the situation that he's in and what he's done and it's it's one of those situations where once you take that step you can't step backward it's not one of those situations where you know he's able to sort of rectify what he's done and mm. it seems like you know he's he's taken that you know he sort of pushed the boulder over the hill and it, mm. it's just it's just going to keep picking up speed as it goes down and he's kind of attached to that boulder in my opinion because he's got nowhere to go but down from here yeah well he he definitely makes that choice too because when old nan um and some of the people who've kind of realize what has happened, you know, the that Bran and Rickon and the wolves and Hodor and Asha are gone. Um Osha. people ask people ask Theon for mercy. And, you know, he's just like, well, I have to go get them now. This is kind of inconvenient. And, you know, the whole rest of the chapter essentially is them leading a party off to go search, try and follow these tracks um of this wildling and this half wit and, you know, the two children and the wolves. And by the end of it, he's just so irritated that they've bested him uh, that he really does feel as though he will kill um, them when he finds them. And this is just because because the, they're they've outsmarted him. It's a little you know petty and a little like uh, um, Theon is is not a happy camper. By the time that they have spent, they spend I think a whole day out in the woods um, searching for 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 these people and. They lose the tracks and they lose the trail, and the end just really doesn't have a whole lot to do. He feels like he's about to lose it all. Yeah, and what is interesting to me is that part of his party that goes out and searches uh, for Bran and Rickon and everybody else is Reek, and Reek comes prepared. You know, he he basically knew what the outcome of the situation was going to be, or at least he anticipated that this could be the outcome. And that shows you that this is a very sly, sneaky, devious character. Yeah, well, Theon notices Reek loading up, or at least that he's brought this huge travel pack on this journey. Doesn't really confront him, ask him about it, and it only becomes relevant at the end when Reek decides to show Theon what he's got, which appears to be, you know, a little bit of indication that the the boys are going to the mill. Uh, just north of where they are now. Um, but it's kind of, 
a douche step for <laughs> for Reek not to have brought that up to begin with. But obviously we know who Reek really is, and in that case, it's one of the least offenses that this character causes in the future. Um, but, you know, I, I just think it, it's it's an interesting chapter because it does rely on Theon scrambling about. And, and the very few men that he does have, and of course he, he's there's this line here where um, Winterfell has more turrets than I have men. You know, the reason that Bran and Asha and Hodor and all of them were able to escape is because Theon really did just come in and sack Winterfell with only 30 men. And there, he's really not a presence here. And he just doesn't have the manpower to, you know, physically keep everyone who wants to leave in. And he was just, out, he was outsmarted. He was off betting, um, you know, an 18 year old girl. Um, and he didn't, you know, he didn't care about anything else. Exactly. He's, he's clearly been distracted, which is a, a deep failure on his part. Yeah, and the biggest risk that he takes, though, and he even notes this, is that he didn't put any guards on the rooms of Bran and Rickon. And that's really what came back to bite him severely, because you would think that he would want to have some sort of watch over these kids. Well, they're the lead captives. I mean, you know, there's all of Winterfell... But really, the Starks and, – and Tyrion said this last uh, chapter. I know that there was a lot of uh, hubbub about this quote, that the Starks will always rule Winterfell. Um, but it's it's really the truth that Bran and Rickon are the, are the two who are really the prized possessions for Theon right now. He should have had a guard on them, um, not just for, you know, for their own uh, – to prevent them from escaping, but for their own safety too. You know, it, it's just – it's good business. It's what you do. You've got to protect the air. Theon doesn't sure. strike me as a businessman. No, well, he he's strikes just me as a... more of like the sleazy salesman type. <laughs> I just imagine him in a really crummy tie. It's true. And so, look, this, this chapter is fairly short. Um, Theon goofs up, and he is, you know, we have this anxiety um, that he will have to pay the price um, for his complete uh, oversight, you know, on this matter. And, and it's really kind of just. One of those things um, that that's going on, it's kind of a crisis chapter. Theon spends most of it, and we don't know where they've gone, but we kind of feel good because remember, guys, I mean, Bran and Rickon and them, Hodor, Asha, they're the good guys, you know, in this moment and in all other moments. People, when reading, they really don't like Theon. I realize I'm an exception, but even I'll admit, like, what he's doing at Winterfell is wrong. We need somebody. We need fate. We need the hands of justice to really put things back where they belong. Especially in the north, where things are so chaotic north of the wall. And he realizes the situation that he can potentially get himself into if Bran and Rickon are able to escape. And I forget who notes that, oh, well, if they get to the Umbers, just think about what happens if they're able to rally the north. Theon could have Winterfell, but he's essentially as good as dead. And yeah. I think the, the shame factor that's going on right now is really that if Theon comes back empty-handed, he's allowed four kids, one who's a cripple, a half-wit, and Osha, not Asha, but Osha, and he even notes the similarity in their names. So, Yeah, I, I, this chapter, I'm reprieved. Thank you very much, Theon. I, I feel like that was a way of George R. R. Martin to kind of give a nod um, to say, you know, it's okay if you occasionally confuse the two of these in terms of how you pronounce them. Uh, you know, I thank felt you, he, Uncle Ray. You're so forgiving. He's giving a, a, a nice uh, 
Free pass. Free pass, a hall pass, if you will. So (laughs) it shows a weakness in his character, and he knows knows that once he goes out, he has to come back with something. And I think Reek, as a character, really plays upon that extremely well, and he makes the suggestion over and over to Theon until Theon finally realizes what he's trying to say to him, that, oh, they're at the mill, they're at the mill, they're at the mill. And we know what happens from you know, having seen the TV show, obviously, but you know, we'll leave it to what happens in the next Theon chapter or Bran chapter, for that matter. Um, depending right, or, on, or if there if Hodor gets a chapter, it'll probably be next time we see it. It'll be. It would be great happens. if Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. <laughs> be great if Hodor got a chapter. It would be the easiest thing to write ever, right? Hodor, Hodor, it is Hodor. I believe there's jokes in the internet about that. Plenty. Any, anyway, you were, you were mentioning, and I really think that Reek is way too close to Theon here. I mean, come on. There's this little party that goes out in the woods and Reek is allowed to join. It's just, it's this, you're, we're, I guess because we've seen the show, we're just slapping ourselves, you know, because we're just like, Theon, you got to realize this guy is way too smart for his own good. I mean, both Osha and Reek pledged, you know, loyalty fairly quickly to Theon once he took Winterfell. Reek was given a, a bath and given the sword and everything, and it's he's just as dangerous as Osha, or just as untrustworthy as Osha, and Theon just doesn't realize it. It's just everything about what Theon is doing is wrong, and not well thought out, not well conceived, and it's going to come back and bite him in the ass or the other part. So it's just um, it's it's just fascinating to see to know kind of that the downfall of this character is coming, and to see it play out. Um, before the character himself knows it, um, because I mean Theon, as far as he's concerned, he did he's doing all right. Like I mean, I think especially with what he did with the girl in Ned Stark's bed, like he's just really pleased with himself for being such a badass. Um, you know, he's kind of still just cocky and youthful and, and and all that stuff. But we see that it's it's going you know to be a, a bad ending. Yeah, and I think that really leads us into our owns of this chapter. Eric, I don't know if you give it to Reek just based upon what you said, but feel free to uh, share. No, no. uh, Well, I I give it (laughs) – Theon, I I have a funny one, and it may break my own rule about this whole not giving an own to the point of view character of the uh, chapter that we're reading. Um, But Theon, for some really random-ass reason – Theon calls himself, when he speaks to himself, he calls himself Greyjoy. He doesn't say Theon. He says, think about this, Greyjoy. You're on top of the world right now. And I just thought that that was ownworthy. I thought that was funny. I don't know what happened to his first name, but apparently it owns so much that he doesn't even call himself by it. Um, maybe a little obscure, but hey, it's a short chapter. It's a Friday. Who cares? Micah, what's yours? I was going to say Theon is now apparently the rock. Right? He refers himself to himself in the third person. <laughs> My own actually goes to uh, the reeds, and there's there's a, a bit of a backstory that's given um, about how they do battle, You know how they are these great tactical soldiers. Some would call it cheap. Yeah, but the, the thing I liked about it, though, is that it was said that the reeds sort of align themselves, or the Kranich men align themselves with the children of the forest um, way back when. And that is what allowed them to sort of have these these green visions, these green dreams. And we know that, obviously, Jojen 
has these dreams, right? It's probably more from just an alliance. It's probably from interbreeding. To be perfectly. I mean, I I just think that that makes sense too. Or it could just be the you know the children of the forest's gift to the green people for their alliance. And 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 that's so. I agree. I mean, the the green people they have an environment that is particularly hostile, the swamp, and they're able to uh, poison their enemies. They're able to you know poison darts, and they're able to disappear, blend with their surroundings. They're able to become you know shadows. They're ninja essentially. Um, in their own little village, you know, right in the middle of Westeros. Well, they said they they state that even their even their main castle moves, right? It shifts in the swamp, right? So, I mean, that's that has to be a very difficult place to try and lay siege to. It's it's pr- probably near impossible. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that tie. I like that little slip in that they had, and and it kind of at least for the time being, provides an explanation as to why Jojen would have these sorts of visions where he seems to be very in sync with Bran and Summer. You know, just kind of looking at Facebook, we did get some other comments uh, on our post from Wednesday, one from uh, Mariah Pollock who says, it's not hump day without my goo fix, a new episode of Game of Owns. And uh, Meredith Vanderbilt kind of echoed, that saying you guys make that hump just so much easier to go over <laughs> we got a tweet from shelby lynn walker it's great to hear from her again uh at miss Ryder on twitter uh she says i thought you might like to know i found a website that sells camel balls it is uh it's sugar.com uh thank you for that link shelby lynn i know we're all itching to try them uh we do talk about that candy confection called camel balls Quite often on the show, it's good to have that link. And uh, Rachel T, or Rachel hyphen T, also uh, tweeted in. We read one of her comments on Wednesday's episode, and I was having a bit of difficulty pronouncing her name, and not the not the uh, not the Rachie part of it, uh, or the T part of it. It was um, Fiferu. And the, all all the Fs. Yes, and she says it's Fiferu, short I. The two Fs tend to throw people. Thanks for reading all those comments. It's really cool of you guys. You know, we do enjoy catching up on comments. Wednesday's episode is uh, the perfect example of that when we have them. And, and, you know, we tend to source them and we get to them. But please do not feel if you've commented to us that that it will not go red because it will uh, be red and most likely on our show. Uh, So let's remind people how they can contact us. And if you have an own for this chapter, which is Theon, please do submit that to us still, and we'll read it on a future episode. Yes, uh, you can do so also by tweeting at us, at Game of Owns on Twitter, uh, just like Richie T, a.k.a. Fiferu. We did also get a couple of other tweets here I wanted to read really quickly. Uh, Vicky said, I'm loving Danny's chapter analysis. My own goes to you guys for blowing my mind with your theories. And, of course, that's going back to... Monday's episode. Uh, Kendra Maney Griffey says, I'm excited that you finally got my iTunes review, aka Kentastic. <laughs> so we will read that review actually very shortly. I know that Kendra was trying very, very hard to put in a review, but for some reasons iTunes uh, was rejecting her. Uh, Shan says, After being threatened to be fed to the goats, Shaga points out to Tyrion that he doesn't have any. Called your bluff, half man. So uh, thank you, uh, Shan, Sean, or at Rhythmic underscore Gypsy uh, for pointing <laughs> that out. And then uh, Ida 
Askov writes in, referring back to our Monday episode, to say, Hey, Game of Bones, if John is a Targaryen, why was his hand burned when saving Mormont from the Whites? Hey, look, that's my argument Hashtag here. theory crushed. Hashtag, oh, yeah. or is it? I think you just got on there. And you know what? Speaking of owns, we did get one for Theon. Now, this came in last week, but I think it's for this chapter. Let me just read this. Um, it is from Kristen Fitzsimmons, who says, at Game of Owns, my own goes to Theon's immune system. How does he not have an STD? Yes, I did see that. <laughs> Just to wrap up here, um, final couple of tweets. One from Ucken, who says, new episodes of Goo really make life as a commuter a lot more fun, especially when your train is delayed for freaking hours four hours get a new train man seriously <laughs> walk <laughs> walk and uh finally emma walton says can't sleep due to feeling jittery pre-audition listening to game of owns will help me sing opera later right opera hashtag that. audition prep well good luck to you on your opera audition our fair lady and just remember again that twitter account where you can send us your owns Twitter.com slash Game of Owns. We are on Facebook. We read some stuff on Facebook earlier in this episode, most especially on Wednesday's episode this week. We are at Facebook.com slash Game of Owns. Don't forget to scrawl on our wall. We like it when you do that. It makes us feel wonderful. And if you have an own of a longer format to send to us, you can email us always. Contact at GameofOwns.com is our email yeah and another way that uh, you can of course leave us some feedback is on itunes we mentioned earlier in the week uh, that we would read some of your reviews and as i just mentioned kentastic census review five stars isn't enough uh this is the first podcast that i've listened to from the very beginning the hosts are a fantastic mix of know what's going to happen and let me share my way of the mark theories on what's going to happen I listen to this podcast while at work, and I'm frequently interrupted. That shit's not cool. Uh, So much so that it sometimes takes me three hours to listen to one episode because I don't want to miss one single word. (laughs) We appreciate that. Uh, We do. I work for a law enforcement agency, and my job consists of looking at photos of terrible things. In fact, I'm afraid for the day that one of the higher-ups walks by and I'm cracking up at my desk while having a photo of some Joffrey-esque crime on my computer. Oh, yes. Uh, Wouldn't want to come across you should play. Sociopath. You should play some Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, fantastic, <laughs> and uh, you might laugh a bit at some of the things you're Maybe we will there. listen to it. Micah, that's what we should do. We should listen to old episodes of Game of Bones when we play. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I can always count on Game of Bones to put a smile on my face, especially the hidden nuggets that are sometimes after the final music. Now, how many people did I just own because they're going to go back and listen to the episodes again? If you haven't listened to the podcast yet, give it a try. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Great job, guys. Love the show, and keep up the good work, Kendra. So uh, thank you very much, Kendra. Kendra, your check is in the mail. Next review here from P.T. Manderley, uh, who says, Love the podcast, guys. Despite Eric's disturbing, Renly-esque devotion to Theon, which was – I don't think Wait, it was how that – how is sh- my devotion <laughs> Renly-esque? How is that a thing? You'll have to what take is... that up with Mr. Manderley. Renly-esque devotion. Or Mrs. Manderley, yeah. I don't know. Ah, uh, well, uh, I guess it's probably adequate. Uh, I mean, gr- I just went through this whole chapter saying how cool he was. You're also recording this Theon chapter. Uh, well, we won't get into that. Great mix of sullied and unsullied perspectives. You own three hours of my work 
or sorry, yeah, three hours of my work productivity weekly. Look at that. Can Everybody we, listens to us at work. Can we get that that paycheck or part <laughs> of that paycheck then? If we're no, 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 I don't think that's how that works. But we can start advertising on water coolers now uh, at offices. I think that's a good opportunity for us. Um, and then finally, a uh, review here from Big Bucket Wool. And uh, I really agree with what Zach was saying earlier in the week. We have the best listeners who review on iTunes. Their usernames are just better than anybody else I've ever seen. Um, yes. Big Bucket Wool says, it took me a while to finally check this <laughs> podcast out, but I'm very glad I did. I have read all the books, and this is the perfect thing between seasons of the show to help me get my GOT fix. Great mix of discussion on the book's show and humor. Words are wind. GOT fixes, owns, wins. We've got it all here. This has been another Friday installment of your Game of Owns. We will see you all on Monday for the next chapter, which is John chapter 6. Thank you all for listening. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Mike Tannenbaum. Have a great weekend. And Eric, put some clothes on. I will. We're done with you. stay until after the the music we call it the credits but there's no like scrolling credits i'm reading a text from micah as a camel and his text name usually there's a uh, stuff that is of substance after the credits but i could make it on this episode so i just thought i'm just gonna mm, coffee hold on oh. joke don't coffee okay but <clears throat>